When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, customer service and experience expert, and I am very excited about our interview today with Fred Reichel, the pioneer of the Net Promoter Score and the author of a brand new book, Winning on Purpose. Now, before we jump into the show, quick announcements. And if you've heard the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or a question that you want answered, all you have to do is reach out to me on any of the social media channels. You know what they are and just uh, leave a message. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep. I'll answer the questions there on this show in my newsletter or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV. And you can go to beamazing.tv and catch some of the latest episodes. All right, let's jump into this most excellent opportunity to learn from the master of the Net Promoter Score. And again, I mentioned he wrote a brand new book, Winning on Purpose, which is taking NPS to another level. Welcome, Fred Reichelt, to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Chef. Nice to be here. Well, it's great to have you. So, hey, I love your work. I've been a fan of your work. And just before we came on, I mentioned that I first learned about you in the 1990s, back when we probably both had hair. And uh, I was talking to my good friend, Sandy Rogers, about customer service and experience. And he mentioned all about this thing called the Net Promoter Score and uh, how Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which is who we worked for at the time, was using that to help gauge whether or not they're doing a great job. So this was, gosh, it was well over 20 years ago, probably about 25 years ago or so. And it's still strong. Why so important to write another book that includes NPS and enterprise as a case study and much more. Why at this time? It's a great question because writing books does not come easily for me. It's uh, it's really hard work. Um, I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think there'd be another book. I got sick about five years ago with cancer and said, well, this, I got to put my time in more important places but as I, you have a lot of time to think about stuff in that situation. And, and one of the things that became clear to me, I wanted to get done while I still had some health left was to get NPS back on track from its misuse, uh, misapplication, and in some cases, outright abuse. And, it, and it's unintentional, I think. In some ways, I felt so um, blessed to have almost well, two thirds of the business world now uses NPS according to Fortune magazine. And, and that's incredible, but most of them use it very poorly. They're getting a tiny fraction of the potential benefit. And in many cases are doing things that are inimical to the core spirit of Net Promoter and really uh, destroying it. So, so that's, that's one reason why the wow. book, the wow. other is. <laughs> well, we got to you know, fix we, that. 
we're going to do that in the next 20 minutes or so. (laughs) We have measured net promoter for millions and millions of customers and employees and now have in some ways a new lens of seeing the business world and what drives success and prosperity based on data. And that when done right with Bain caliber research, you really start to see that it's not only one way to grow profitably by earning the loyalty of your customers. There is, it is the only way to sustainably deliver great results to your shareholders over time. Yeah. And, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later on, but there is a stat that was so intriguing to me. And that was that, um, uh, if you invest in the company, I'm not going to say this, uh, not quite the way you wrote it, but if you invest in the companies that are doing NPS, net promoter score, the right way, your portfolio will tend to be uh, quite a bit more. Uh, it outperforms, those companies outperform, I believe, uh, with a 26% return, which is pretty darn amazing. Like, where do we sign up for that? Yeah, I invested um, at Bain. We we tr- we try to put our money where our mouth is, and I said, you know, this net promoter, when measured correctly, th- this core idea of treating customers so well they come back for more and bring their friends—that's the flywheel be- behind sustainable, profitable growth. So I've invested in all of the public companies that were NPS leaders in my last book, which was ten years ago. Ten years later, that portfolio as you just said, has had a 26% return. It's three times the uh, Vanguard index fund. And it's even more, it's five times the US median. So it's an explosive outperformance that you would think any smart investor would have been, uh, they, they should have read my first book or that earlier book. Right. But they don't, because in this day and age of daily feedback and quarterly reports, you miss the point that the only guys earning more than the uh, the Vanguard index over the long haul are the customer, the people who earn high loyalty from their customers. Right. I've seen plenty of stats that show if you look at the, like, you know, uh, what is it? The, the school up in Michigan, uh, University of Michigan's business school does that customer satisfaction index. And they said the highest performers uh, in that, if you invest in those and swap out those companies, that lag at the end of the year with ones that are coming back on, you way outperform the market. This is another indicator. Is there a way, this is a crazy question, but why not? Is there a way to get a list of those companies, the current companies? Do you keep track of that and make it public? Yeah, buy the book. Well, besides, obviously, we need to buy the book. And again, I'm pretty transparent in the book. I don't keep this. In fact, my whole life has not been a black box. (laughs) It's It's an open source system. And that data to smart investors should be worth a lot of money. It is. And, you know, for about $24.95 or $29.95, whatever the cost of the book, the book, again, Winning on Purpose, The Unbeatable Strategy of Loving Customers. And I love that you use the love word in there. Um, and it, it's, it's got it. But I would think that year after year, the, the companies that are doing it right, some move in and out of favor because, and that's going to be one of my Next questions is about the misconception and, and mistakes that people and companies are making about NPS. But is there a way for us to get an annual update on how these great companies are performing? Is that an in, is that a Bain and Company release that you can buy, or is this something we just have to you know call you well, up and say, hey Fred, what's the latest? I uh, without giving away all the details of my personal stock portfolio, like how much weighting I give to each company. I've uh, I've decided to 
to uh, to publish a, an index of all and all list all companies that I'm investing in. It's called the Fredzy, and uh, it's foster recommendation, eliminate detraction. There's the acronym, and then stock index. So the Fredzy is just simply taking all the NPS leaders and rebalancing in, uh, to uh, an equal investment each year, playing out the year, and then taking out the people who fell off the NPS leadership, put put the new ones on, and and uh, keep track. And Fredzy is the one that has tripled the Vanguard Index Fund over the decade. Wow. Well, I'm in, no doubt. And we're in for some interesting times right now with customer experience, customer service being questioned a lot due to outside circumstances, but watching how the rock star companies are handling are really, it's a lesson in how to run a company and take care of customers, but also a lesson in profitability. All right, let's jump off of that. And I said, I was going to talk to you about it later. We've just talked about it now. So I'm crossing that one off the list, but I want to know uh, about the misconceptions, mistakes that companies are making so that we understand, by the way, that NPS question on a scale of zero to 10. And by the way, that's the first mistake a lot of companies make. One to 10 is not the question. It's zero to 10. (laughs) And what's the likelihood that you would recommend to a a friend, colleague, family member, et cetera? Um, What are the mistakes that these companies uh, who think they're doing it right are making? Well, the biggest one is that they, um, they like this score. It's practical. It works inside their business. It makes sense. They see it succeeding. So then they go the next step and say, we're going to link it to our frontline compensation and bonuses. Mm. And we're going to rank order all of our people and their teams based on their net promoter score. So we'll have this humiliating, you know, in the bottom 10%, you're in trouble and you're the stars in the the top 10%. It's well-intentioned, but it destroys the credibility of the system because you get people pleading for scores, bribing for scores, explaining them, you know, you know, I need to feed my kids. I know it wasn't a perfect transaction, but it's not much I can do about it. It was the the company, the system. So don't give me a less than a 10 because we fire people anything less than a 10. And it's humiliating. It it's bad for the customer. It shows, it communicates that we don't really care about you, the customer. We don't love you. We care about ourselves. It's we want the score not useful feedback to learn how to do a better job. And that just destroys credibility and trust. So I've tried to get people to stop through preaching and, and uh, jawboning and, and so forth. It, it failed miserably. So we finally figured out the, the only answer was to give people a real metric that they could hold people accountable to. They would become an accounting twin for a survey-based net promoter score. Wow. Very interesting. You know, I interviewed Jim Bush, who you probably know very well from American Express years ago. He's not there anymore, but he was in charge worldwide of customer service. And he said they use that NPS question to basically compensate all the way from the front line up to his position at the very top, if you will, of of leadership Uh, was very impressed. And and basically, you, you know, you're creating this this metric that allows you to do a measurement and recognize who your, your people you need to coach and mentor and move along the way, or maybe move out of the way, if that be the case. Uh, but it was fascinating to me. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know where Jim is right now. Have you been in touch with him? I have not, but I, I think half of what Jim was doing was spot on and holding Uh-oh, there's another half that accountable. <laughs> senior executives should be accountable for net promoter measured correctly. Mm-hmm. But when you're down at the front line, 
And it's the people who are talking to the customer and in a position to need the job and, well, I can't afford to have a low score. It might take a year, it might take two, but when you link their bonus and success to a uh, survey-based score, it will be um, ruined. And it's just a question of time, how long it takes. Wow. You know, uh, I, I think of my car dealership. They are notorious for saying, please, please, please answer the survey. Give me. Doesn't a it make you feel great as a customer that they oh, really man. love you? It, it makes me, and I feel bad because sometimes that person on the front line did a great job, but everything else was botched along the way. And yet they're pleading for a good score. And yet today, uh, and I, I've written about this over the last two or three years, uh, I was on the phone with the airlines and it asked if I'll stay on the phone for a quick two question survey. And uh, the two questions were uh, one of them. And, and because of the way it's done with the keypad, it was an NPS type of question. Would I be willing to refer somebody highly likely, not likely or neutral, whatever. But um, the other question was really interesting. And that was just based on who you just talked to. Would you be, and it was great. Would you be willing to work with them again? That's a great question uh, as well. I realize it's not an MPS question, but I think it allows that person who you just talked to to not be mixed in with the rest of uh, whatever could be going on, good or bad. I, you're right. It's a well-intentioned. When you look at the results, the two correlate incredibly tightly. It's almost impossible to pull the, the recommend is a holistic idea. And um, who you talk to last has the biggest impact on your likelihood to recommend. But I don't I think trying to pull them apart is is a little bit of a fool's errand. Um, often it's best just to do the, the NPS at the right time. Mm -hmm. And oh, the second question is should always be, can you tell us a little bit about why you gave us that score and and and, and how we might improve your experience? That makes it very clear if it was a lousy frontline experience for was the website that was a problem or it's the pricing. So it just takes a little more careful listening. I know you're a fan of asking the extra question. I'd say, ask the question, you know, yep. why the score and how could we do better for you? Yep. And you just mentioned asking it at the right time, which we will talk about as soon as we come back from this break. And before we get into the break, let me remind you, the book is Winning on Purpose, The Unbeatable Strategy of loving customers available now. Get it today. You'll love it. By the way, I have the loyalty effect, loyalty rules, the ultimate question one, the ultimate, or it's just the ultimate question, the ultimate question 2.0. And now uh, the brand new book, Winning on Purpose. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. 
www.amazingbusinessradio.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Fred Reichelt, and we are talking about the book Winning on Purpose, and we are talking about Net Promoter Score, and you mentioned there was a right time, and I think timing on surveys is so important. When is the right time? You know, it depends on the business and the kind of uh, interaction you're trying to learn about. You need to give people enough time and space so that they know the outcome. You know, if you call customer service and they tell you how to load the new software and then they want the score right there, but then, (laughs) then you go to load it and it doesn't work, obviously that wasn't the right time frame. And waiting too long is bad because, you, you know, most our brains are plastic. They tend to rearrange at the end of the day. The, the, the answer you give is different than right after a, uh, an interaction. So you have to get the balance right. And I think even more important than the timing is what degree of anonymity is required to get honest answers where people feel like they're going to respond without fear or favor. Um, and if it's, it's different, if it's your dentist, than if it's somebody that works for you or, uh, you know, where there's just no risk of reprisal to anyone. So uh, you're, you're going to give the truth. And an Airbnb does a brilliant job. They give you a chance to give unblinded feedback. They, you give secret feedback to Big Brother, secret feedback to your host. You know, the, what, what's the right way to get constructive, useful feedback? to the right part of this organization. So you should, uh, everybody listening, Google Airbnb feedback and just see what comes up. Uh, not, uh, I guess, uh, ask it the right way to understand their way or their process of getting the feedback. And I think you'll be absolutely amazed. That's one of the companies that's featured uh, in one of your case studies, I believe. And there's many more. I want to get to some of those companies in just a moment who you think are doing it right. Obviously, Airbnb. Um, you have this concept called EGR, earned growth rate. Uh, what's that about? I mean, I know a little bit about it, but why don't you share with our listeners? Yeah, earned growth is the, uh, the, the, the accounting twin metric I developed to, to support survey-based net promoter. It is an accounting-based measure that keeps track of the core flywheel that loyalty drives customers coming back for more and bringing their friends and earned growth rate just keeps track of, of your growth, your revenue growth, how much of it came from pre-existing customers coming back for more. And then how much of it came from their referrals. And let's keep track of that versus your total revenue, which would include bought growth, mm-hmm. heavy advertising sales promotion. And that earned growth rate, I think is the thing that it is audit worthy. It, it can be held uh, as a, a key PI and link it to bonuses. Or as a survey-based score, you link frontline bonuses to survey-based scores and you get a car dealer experience. Wow. Yeah. And, and we hate that. So, um, it, it, gosh, there's so much I can ask. I mean, the company's doing it right. Uh, the growth rate I've seen. I, I, by the way, I don't agree with any of them. So let me just say, I, if and I'm going to ask a question that you might say, why are you asking this question? But I have seen articles out there that basically disrespect the NPS score saying that it, you know, it, for all the reasons I think I, I, you're looking at it, they're saying repeat business is not as important as you think it is. And I'm going, really? 
<laughs> customer loyalty isn't as important as you think it is. Help me there. I can't imagine that that's true. I, the only thing I can think of where you really don't seem to care about it, and they may ask the question and do nothing with the data, is when there's somewhat of a monopoly. It could be a utility company. Uh, I see problems with cable TV and internet type providers where there's maybe only one other game in town. And it's a sticky situation. If you want to move to the other one, it's it's a pain. You've got to carve out several hours of your day out of work to go meet the person who's going to install it, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going down this uh, rabbit hole, but what do you think of the naysayers of NPS? Well, as Fortune said, they were really wrong, um, <laughs> but they continue to be wrong. And it, mm. it's, there's almost a sub-industry of, of NPS critics. I think it's become some people's identity. And they, in some cases, they have a competitive metric that they're pushing. In other cases, they, they just have a, something stuck in their head where they don't see that uh, when you love a customer and care about their success, that, that, that benefit of coming back for more and bringing their friends isn't the, the core driver in business. Um, but, and you're right, monopolies is a special case, but how many monopolies are there? And they don't, you know, they don't last. And even in a monopoly, your people, your employees, won't want to work there if you're abusing your customers. So good luck in this great resignation period of attracting digital uh, savvy young talent to a place that, that makes money abusing its customers. So I, it, I sort of shake my head. I guess the mature reaction is, uh, you know, love your neighbor, uh, find a way to, to get them on board because it's in their best interest. Yeah, I'm 100% behind that. Um, and by the way, you mentioned monopolies. I once received an NPS uh, survey question from a government agency. <laughs> well, it's well-intentioned. <laughs> it was well-intentioned. That's exactly it. But it's like, all right. And then when I was a kid, I was 12 years old. I started my first business. It was a birthday party magic show business. And my mom said, write a thank you note. My dad said, call up the parents and ask, were you happy with the magic show you did for the kid? And then ask specifically what tricks, you know, digging deeper to find out what they love. And when I do my speeches, I, I will tell that story and I'll say, yes. And my father told me back in the 1970s to call the parents and ask on a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood that you'd recommend? And of course, that gets a big laugh for the companies that are all, all into NPS scores. Uh, but the truth is you want to find out if you're doing a good job. So what I do today when I reference your books and I reference your work and I talk about NPS is if you're in sales and you are asked this question or the customers ask this question and they're willing to give you the nine or a 10, which is their promoting score. I say, if you're a salesperson, you need to call those people and say, well, who would you recommend me to? And let me go. Yeah, and as, as you indicate, what was it that you liked best? So, so you're learning what is creating promoters. And I think just having them retell their stories makes it more likely they'll post it on social media and tell their friends because they're articulating in language what might have been in that fuzzy part of your brain that never quite comes to the fore. That, so that is the notion of, of, of net promoter. It, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sales philosophy. Yes, it's practical, but I think it's in terms of love, if your goal in life is to enrich the lives you touch, Mm. That promoter helps you measure and keep track of all the lives I've touched today, this week, this year, this life. How many have been diminished? How many have been enriched? That's detractors and promoters. And it helps you focus on that broader life objective 
of, uh, of living up to the golden rule of, of loving thy neighbor. It's a, it's a higher standard than just a business makes money thing. Wow. Well, as we're winding down, um, I'm going to ask you my favorite question that I always end in just a moment, but I'd love to hear from you who you think, and I know this is on your index list, but what are some of the companies or who are some of the companies that are doing it right? Well, you know, Apple continues to be a, yes. a superstar in using it correctly. They they keep it private. Each individual, their scores are not shared. The bosses know, but they don't humiliate you in front of the, the team. But it, because it's it's living the mission, it's it's not satisfaction. It's not, you know, even driving loyalty. It is, did you touch, did you enrich a life? And, and most good people want that as their mission. And to the extent a leader and a company can help you live that mission, it's a great place to work. And then they give you a tool to know when you're succeeding and some hints and coaching from that customer about how to get better. Um, you know, what a, what a gift. I, Warby Parker is, uses it very effectively in the digital space. So when mm -hmm. some of the naysayers say, oh, we don't need uh, NPS anymore. We've got all the digital click patterns and, and uh, I call it eyeball hang time, et cetera, et cetera. No, the really smart digital guys are using the NPS framework more effectively than ever. And in, in case of Warby, we've learned they were, they were one of the pioneers of this earned growth. 90% of their new customers say the primary reason they're joining is because of a referral recommendation from friend and family. 90%. So when you've got that earned growth engine going, um, you know, wow, what, the sky is the limit. Wow. Earned growth is based on the people who recommend you. You earn the right to do business through doing a great job for others. Is that a and good way of- purchases And repeat yeah. purchases. And repeat purchases. Yep. Can't avoid that for sure. All right. Last question. And it's the final question. Uh, is there one extra nugget of wisdom you want to share from the book, Winning on Purpose, uh, with this audience today? Yeah, it's really in the context of the original name was going to be Net Lives Enriched. And it, this book, Winning on Purpose, is dedicated to my two new granddaughters. And it, it's, it, it lays out a life <laughs> advice. Um, who you hang around with in your life influences everything, how you think about success, you know, how you, uh, what's important, who, I think who you hang with becomes your life. And, and it's true if, you know, who do you want to be a customer of? Who do you want to be employee of? Who do you want to invest in? Look at Net Promoter as the uh, indicator of these are good people who are committed to enriching lives they touch. And those are the kind of communities that you want to be part of. So choose your loyalties wisely. They, they guide your life and they define your legacy. Well said. And congratulations on your two granddaughters. Thanks. And congratulations, uh, five-year cancer survivor. So far, right? knock on wood. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on the only one up here. <laughs> what I have. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We, we really appreciate it. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Fred. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Once again, the book is Winning on Purpose, The Unbeatable Strategy of Loving Customers. And you heard words of wisdom from the man himself, Fred Reichelt. We will be back next week with another amazing interview. So until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.